Hey, it's Matt, and welcome to this Leadership Lessons Shorty podcast. Now, I've definitely stolen this idea from a business partner of mine, Rob Lawrence, and his podcast, Inspirational Creatives. Rob does this really nice thing where, after his main episode, he produces a short episode to go through some of the key highlights and learnings that he took from the podcast. So, innovate before you invent. I'm going to do the same thing. My objective with this shorty podcast is to demonstrate the links between great leadership and the responsibility of content creators. Over the last 15 years, I've seen a strong link between great leadership traits and the success of content creators. So I'm going to share with you in this episode my key moments from the Chris Ducker episode that went out last week. Let me know what you think. Hopefully this helps people that are short on time or people that just want a condensed version or maybe you just want to hear my impressions from the podcast. I'd love to hear your impression of these shorty episodes and whether they offer any value or insights to yourself. So let's get into it. Chris Ducker. Chris Ducker, honestly, is awesome. I love his energy. He is so enthusiastic. He believes there's a personal brand in everyone. And I'm on board with that. In fact, Chris is one of my mentors right now. And he has helped me hugely just have the confidence to create things and build an ecosystem of content around my personal brand. So I'm going to start these shorty episodes by taking one of the final questions of the podcast and putting it at the top. And that is what makes a good leader? Here's what Chris had to say. I think a good leader continues to learn. I I think that a good leader has to continue to learn in order to continue to lead. Um, I think if you get too comfortable and you start resting on laurels, that's when you become expendable that's when you become uh you know you, that's a slippery slope so you got to you know consistently upgrade yourself and read and surround yourself with the right people join masterminds go to events experience new you know cities towns countries all that sort of stuff like just you ain't that smart whoever you are and just you know continue to learn really at the end of the day and i agree with this wholeheartedly All of the successful leaders and content creators I have ever worked with are voracious learners. They're constantly looking for how to improve their content, how to improve their team, how to improve themselves more importantly. And they can see the wood for the trees because of this, because they've got these shared opinions, because they've invested in the learning. And they can then share that learning with the team and the people around them. And with this in mind, I asked Chris in his experience... How do you create a successful podcast? There's a couple of ways to kind of start a show. You can either just start it from scratch and you are, you know, you're trying to attract people at that point from day one, right? Yeah. Or you can start a show after you've already built a following of some variety. They're really the only two ways, you you know, the two situations that you'll have when, when launching a podcast. For me, when I launched even the first show, I'd been blogging for about six months or so prior to the podcast coming out. And so I already had an audience to launch it to, which definitely helps. Let's not kid around. Like, it definitely helps. A podcast for me is the biggest asset that you can create from a content standpoint because if you look at, say, YouTube, for example, I mean, we talk about content in general, but YouTube... You know, the average view time of a YouTube video is, you know, six, seven minutes. Yeah. 
minutes. And that's like across the board. That's everything from one minute short to four-hour Joe Rogan, you know, podcast episodes, right? Yeah, yeah. When you think about the fact that the average is only five, six, seven minutes or whatever it is on, on YouTube, and then when you look at podcasts and you realize that the average listening time is about 30 minutes, you know, the connection that you make with your podcast listener rather than your YouTube viewer, mm. in my eyes, my humble opinion, is much, much greater. And because of that, you know, because we talk about it from creating content from a business standpoint, yeah. the ability to be able to create that relationship and ferment that relationship and grow that relationship, for me, is a much shorter sales process due mm. to the fact that they're spending so much more time yeah. with you in their eardrum, so to speak. Chris bought his audience to podcasting, but without his constant engagement strategies and his desire to foster meaningful relationships with his audience, it wouldn't have anywhere near the success it has had now in its many iterations. And Chris is incredibly bullish on this relationship that you can build through podcasting. As he said, people are going to listen to a podcast for significantly longer than they would a YouTube video or on social media. And that allows you to engage with people far quicker and get them into your sales process faster. For Chris, podcasting isn't just about the listener. There's also the network effect. Chris has met and interviewed some world-class talent, entrepreneurs, creatives, business people, thought leaders. And that is an asset in itself. It's done more for me from a relationship building standpoint than any other activity that I've gotten involved with. Some of my closest friends I met through podcast interviews, some of my mentors, my personal mentors, business mentors, I've met through podcast interviews. So it, it certainly has helped to create uh, that kind of six degree of separation in terms of my network and the people that I get to call friends nowadays, which is great. However, as successful as these interview shows were, there was something missing. It was lacking Chris. He wants to engage with his listener on a one-on-one -on -one basis so that they can maybe work with him or invest in him as a personal brand. The interview show kept Chris at arm's length. As we have become more and more focused on growing our own coaching and mentoring services and programs, mm. you know, the team was quite honest and said, like, Chris, you need to be more front and center. You need to show people that you're a true expert in your niche as well. Yeah. It's great to have all the guests coming on, but people need to see you as the expert as well as just the podcast host kind of thing, which makes total sense. Yeah, sure. Complete sense. And so we made that tweak and now it's basically a 50-50 split between the two. As with all great leadership, it's about finding a balance between putting yourself forward as the decision maker, but also making sure that your network and the people around you are invested in and engaged. So this got me asking, what does success look like? Great leaders know where they want to go. They set goals and they work out how they're going to get there bit by bit, step by step. Here's Chris's determinants for success for his podcast. There's two things. It's number one, engagement, and number two, downloads. That's always been the two things that we have focused on above and beyond everything and in that order as well. I think a lot of people, they start a show and they, they kind of obsess over their download numbers just a little bit too much. And they really don't mean anything at all unless you're getting engagement from your listeners or your viewers if you've got a video show um, as well. 
right? Like, no point in having 10,000 people downloading every episode of your show if you're only getting one email a week from them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, we we really look at the engagement side of things. And if we have a almost every episode, there's a call to action of some variety, whether it's a hit me up on Twitter, let me know what you thought, make sure you use episode 480 or something like that, yeah, you yeah. know, and just really sort of try and figure out where people are tuning in from where, you know, and I'm not, I don't mean what app they're using. I mean, like, where are they? Right. I sometimes start the show by saying, I appreciate there's a ton of shows that you could listen to, but right now you're choosing mine. Yeah. Do me a favor. Send me a message on Instagram. Let me know where you're listening to me right now. I'd love to know. You'd be surprised at just how many people every month reply to that particular call to action. I'm in the gym, I'm walking the dog, I'm in the bath. Really? You know, I mean, you'd be really surprised. So so now I know that, you know, not only is my audience 65% middle-aged women, but quite a few of them actually listen to me in the bath, which is quite interesting. Nice. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and this demonstrates understanding your audience. You can have tens of thousands of downloads, but if no one's engaging with you, what was the point? And making sure that engagement is worthwhile. Chris asks where people are physically, and apparently some of them are in the bath. But what that does is he gets that response. People telling him he's in the bath is engagement. He can then go back to them. He's opened a dialogue. He's got permission to continue to talk to that listener. But also this opens up a conversation for where they are in their learning journey. How far along are they to understanding the problem, the solution, and how Chris can help them. And without engagement, you have no idea who's listening, what they want, and how they want it. And this goes for you, the host, as well. If you're creating content, you need to know what you want, how you want to create it, and you need to find the joy in what you're doing. And this can often be a sticking point when I speak to people that are thinking about creating content or launching a podcast. They often say, well, what if I fail? Now, Chris has had many podcasts and stopped as many as he's continued. One of Chris's early podcasts was about entrepreneurship and he found success in it. He had engaged audiences and he was growing his personal brand. So he's launched a podcast. He's getting engagement from his listeners. He's growing his personal brand. Why would you stop that podcast? And it worked brilliantly. And then it kind of didn't. Right. And it kind of just, it didn't fade out, but it became less, not necessarily less listened to, but it was less talked about. And I think the fun of doing it kind of slowly became less and less of an importance to me. Right. And so, you know, when you start doing things for other reasons, you know, than either having a good time or, or making money and you're just kind of doing it because you feel like you have to. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, not a, that's not a healthy situation. But he didn't just stop podcasting. He realized that that wasn't the subject matter he wanted to speak about. In fact, when Chris had a book due to launch, he realized he could leverage podcasting to grow an audience specifically for that book. I know that, I know that podcasting works and I know that I can get a good amount of buzz around the book launch. Mm. And so what we did is we had a limited 25-episode run. We recorded them all in the space of like three days, batched the whole lot of them. Yeah, and it was just one question, one answer, or one topic, one problem, one solution per episode. And I just picked 25 of them out of the book, really. 
I think we we kind of did the first half went live before the book came out, and then the second half carried on dropping week by week after the book had been released. Yeah. And so, you know, we we kind of timed it to the point where it was like, you know, by episode 12 or whatever, 15 or whatever it was. Um, the book is now out. You can get it at all good bookstores, Amazon, blah, 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 blah. And uh, it went gangbusters. We we sold like 9,000 copies of the book in the first two weeks. Wow. And everybody loved it. It was great. The platform was the same, podcasting. But the content was different and it suited his business needs. And you can do that for your business or brand. You can create content that speaks to a specific problem for your audience. So I I guess the overarching kind of piece of feedback here is that just because you start a show, it doesn't mean that it has to last forever. Like you can sunset it at some point in the future if you want to, or or even rebrand it and pivot in a slightly different direction with it as well. And again, I think these are great leadership qualities to have. It's okay to have a short-term project if you know what the outcomes are. It's not killing it or failing if you know it was going to stop at a certain point. And then reacting to what the audience wants and what you want is no bad thing. You need to know what you want to do to do a good job. People will hear it in your content and see it in your content when you're positively enthused and passionate about what you're speaking about. This just goes to show that there's many different ways you can deliver your content to your listener. Your podcast can be really polished if you know that that's what you want to deliver. But in Chris's case, he can just converse with a microphone like it's a one-on-one chat in his office chatting about the subject matter that he's chosen and he's already thought through and that he is an expert on. And that one-to-one engagement runs throughout Chris's business. He has three internationally successful businesses. He is a father and a family man. He has a myriad of hobbies, but still finds time to talk to his listeners. If you've got a question, send me a direct message on Instagram. I will get back to you personally, I promise. It will happen. Once or twice a week, I'll go into my message request tab and I'll just fire off a whole bunch of replies in like half an hour. Sometimes I even get replies back from people saying, oh yeah, ha ha, I bet this is just Chris's VA. You know, that's all one of his team members or something like that. So what I do is I shoot personal videos to them and I reply to them and say, no, Matt, it really is me. Like, it's me. Hello, is anybody home? That sort of type of thing. And um, they kind of just, they realize that I stand behind my, my word, you know? And that's so important to Chris. Having the trust of his listeners, his audience, his customers, they need to know that he has got their best interest at heart. But also, as a great leader, he knows the limits of his knowledge. He knows what he can and he can't help people with. And then he goes out of his way to find the right people that can. And just don't, you know, just just stay away from stuff that you don't know enough about as well. Like, I would never anticipate doing a solo show on Facebook ads, right? Or copywriting, because, like, I don't know enough about that stuff. So what I'll do is I'll bring Amy Porterfield in to talk about Facebook ads, or I'll bring Ray Edwards in to talk about copywriting, or Sean Kennell then to talk about YouTube marketing. Like, if I don't know, I don't know. And I'm, I, I think I'm smart enough to know that you shouldn't open your mouth unless you know what you're talking about as well, you know? <laughs> 
And this can be refreshing in the world of so much information. There are lots of people out there that say they know what they're doing, they speak a big game, and then they act very differently. And Chris is incredibly grateful for the network that he has built around him, from listeners to peers and other people across his industry. When you're at this level, you're very, very blessed to be able to attract people that are incredibly smart to come on to your show. I think that's also something that, you know, I will never take granted ever as a, as a podcast host. Like if I reach out to Gary uh, Vaynerchuk and say, Gary, can you come back on the show? You've not been on for a couple of years. Like I'd love to be able to discuss, blah, blah, blah. And he says, yes, like I don't take that just because there's a camaraderie there. I won't take that for granted and just assume that he's going to say yes, right? And even though we're friends, like I don't, I just don't assume that people are going to be cool to, you know, to cut out their time like that. And I think that's a fantastic note to end on. Chris never assumes, he never takes anything for granted, and he's always willing to put himself on the front line. Great leadership skills and traits in my mind. And it's an incredible honor to be mentored by Chris. And to finish up on this shorty episode, I'm going to share with you the three values that Chris said he wanted his content to be known for. The first one is straightforward. And he is more than straightforward. He says what he's going to do and then he does it. Next, he said empathy. And I think this is definitely apparent through all of his content creation and his actual businesses themselves. He's all about helping people, getting people to the next step. He's been through the struggles and he wants to help people. He understands people and he wants to know how to help them better. And the final value was returning the favor. Chris wants to be known for someone that sends the lift down when he gets to the top. And all of his content gives you that incremental step to move forward, building your own personal brand, your business, or just in life in general. And as you've just heard, he exemplifies all three of those. He's straightforward, empathetic, and he's returning the favor. And that is it for this shorty leadership lesson on Chris Ducker. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have enjoyed it, please let me know. Give me a DM on Instagram. That's the best place to find me. Uh, if you didn't enjoy it, let me know on Instagram, cult.media, K-U-L-T dot media. Thanks for listening and be good. <laughs>